Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. The Hollow Earth Theory is something of legend, folklore, fiction, and even science fiction. But what if it's the truth? There's only one way to find out. Now Paratruth presents The Journey to the Hollow Earth with special guest co-host Kay Carswell. Hey, Parafans. Welcome to another episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And tonight, again, I am flying solo without my good friend Eric. Uh, he is out for a while doing his director thing, so hopefully he'll be back sooner than expected. I'm, I'm praying for his return. Uh, kind of gets lonely without him. So uh, tonight, uh, I'm going to have on... With me, Kay Carswell from the Deception Detection Show, and we are going to talk about the Hollow Earth theory. So uh, we will uh, be covering both regular theory and as well as how it applies to Scripture. So without further ado, let's go to the line with my good friend Kay Carswell. Okay, welcome back to Paratruth Radio. How are you tonight? Hey, Justin. I'm really happy to be here. I'm great. How are you? I am fantastic. And uh, and so it begins. And for those of you that don't know what that is, that's actually the Benny Hill music from way back <laughs> before I was born. So, um, <laughs> oh, I should have known that was coming because the end of the last broadcast you guys did, yeah, you made sure that was very well known. <laughs> <laughs> well, with rabbit trailing as we do, I mean, it's only appropriate. So, yeah. um, and Benny Hill was pretty cool. Don't don't repeat that. But, you know, <laughs> the music was always funny. Yeah. So uh, go ahead and give a uh, description of you know where people can find you, how you your show started, just a little bit of information. I mean, we've had you on numerous times, but I always like to give all of our co-hosts and guests special uh, privileges to get their name out there. Oh, thank you, Justin. Well, uh, Deception Detection Radio actually started probably around May, but me and a friend, uh, Jerry, we had started on another um, broadcast, and we'd outgrown it and went to Deception Detection where we came up with that name. And the name means that we are out there trying to show where the truth is underneath all the lies that we're being fed. And it's a Bible-based program. And it is just me now, but I cover... Anywhere that I see that there may be a bit of deception where there's truth that needs to be told, and I get into a lot of the biblical topics and dig down into where they started at. Um, it can be either from um, myth, but everything has to be 
focused and found within the Bible. If it doesn't meet Bible doctrine, then that is something that I'm going to be on the lookout to expose, and especially in, in the days that we're living in. But I'm, my program broadcasts every Sunday night at 7 p.m. You can find me on Spreaker, Facebook, iTunes, um, YouTube, Podkicker, Instagram, Google Plus, and I can't remember the rest. I know. There's so many. I mean, <laughs> we do the same thing. I mean, we've got iTunes. You know, we got on to iHeartRadio, thankfully. Uh, there's Podkicker, Pod you know you name it there's probably a spot that we're on and um you know i am constantly trying to keep up with everything all at the I same see time that we're probably on places justin that we don't even know of <laughs> yeah. it's a good possibility and you know if you believe that extraterrestrials out there, maybe they're listening to us too. I don't know. But, um, you know, and that's kind of why, you know, we partnered up with, with Deception Detection. I mean, Paratruth Radio, how much more of a word can you get? Para as in paranormal truth. That's right. And, you know, even though Eric and I have different views on the paranormal we still come to the same conclusion that there are a lot of bad things out there you know and anybody can look at the bible and twist passages to meet their own needs for me it's a little bit different i read the bible and i feel that the word is the word but at the same time if i don't question it or if i don't test those those passages, so to speak. How am I going to know for sure that that's what's real? Exactly, and and you're at exactly right too about the pairing up because we're all on the same page. We're all on the same mission, and I mean that's what's so great. I mean I consider you and Eric and then uh, Justin Fall and BDK it's just a group of broadcasters that want to get the word of God out and expose the truth but we also deal with the paranormal because you know the Bible is supernatural yeah and there are but it's a good supernatural but then you have you know because it's from god how much more supernatural can you get right but then you've got on the other side of the fence you've got that dark side that is constantly battling the good and we have to expose that to help people keep their eyes open and help them with their discernment so that we are prayerfully getting God's word out there and also helping his children. And we all have that to do. That's, I mean, as you said, Justin Fall, um, I haven't had the chance to listen to BDK yet, um, but, you know, Talk Supernatural, uh, you know, Jerry got it kind of going for all of us just to have deception detection and uh, Paratruth together and then say yes. for Justin Fall. So, you know, I, I owe a huge grat of dad, a, a huge <laughs> debt of gratitude to, Looper. to Jerry and, uh, as well as to, uh, to J- Justin Fall because he did get us started on the way that we broadcast now and how we record. So, um, yes, isn't that amazing? Yeah. Because I'd known Jerry, but I didn't know you guys, but I knew Justin and Jerry didn't know Justin. Oh, okay. So we all, to me, that was also supernatural. God had that all planned out. Yeah. I, we were I all supposed to meet. Yeah. I don't, I, it, in all of the shows that Eric and I have done, I've never come up with a better group of friends than with Paratruth Radio. Amen. I agree. I just love the group. And uh, the way you guys, like I told you, Justin, the way you and Eric had just (laughs) brought me into the fold was pretty awesome. And uh, it, it made me feel really good because starting out is what I call a newbie. 
you, you guys never made me feel that way. And I've also got to throw out there that Mary Callie also had a lot to do with um, bringing deception detection into being deception detection. Well, and, you know, we were newbies at one time, too. You know, <laughs> we, were, we were shown the ropes, luckily, as far as live broadcasting is concerned. And, you know, we, we try and give our knowledge to everybody that we can help. It, I mean, it never, it always makes my heart uh, feel very warm when people from the same, uh, I want to say walks of faith, but that's not the word I'm looking for. From the same um, podcasters. We'll just say podcasters. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when they come together. I mean, we're not even part of a what you would call a network, uh, but we all help each other out. And that, to me, is one of the biggest things, the hugest things for doing what we do. We're doing a, a free uh, broadcast and you know nobody's paying money for it. just as regular radio you're not really paying for it um, but uh, to help each other out is is the hugest thing and I can't say that enough about the group of people that we've found through Paratruth Radio. Yeah I agree with you Justin and the fact that we all do work together we have a fellowship together and we are never up against each other we never see each other as a competition and i absolutely love that and if i have a guest or you have a guest that one of the other ones of us are interested in we never hesitate to share that information so that our other our fellow broadcasters are able to get a hold of that person and try to get them on their show. Yeah. And it's, I've just never seen anything work so well together right. like that. Right. You uh, know, Eric doesn't know what he's missing out on tonight. <laughs> You're just going to have to tell him that, you know. <laughs> oh, he'll hear it through the broadcast. Don't worry. <laughs> uh oh. Hey, Eric. <laughs> All right, so getting into hollow earth theory, uh, for those of you that don't really know what the hollow earth theory, I really didn't know a whole lot about it. I had heard of it, um, and I had heard Justin Fall cover it on his show uh, months and months ago. But um, I wanted to touch base on it because there's so many different things to several different uh, topics that that we do. Uh, I tried to get Kay to do multiverse. She couldn't wrap her mind around it. I probably won't be able to wrap my mind around it. Um, so uh, we decided on Hollow Earth, and it would probably be better to get a person that's wrote a book on the multiverse because they'll be talking in languages I probably won't even understand. So It's huge. It was, I mean, there are. There are whole books on that, and there was just absolutely no way we could even pick sections out to touch upon to adequately inform anyone about it because we couldn't inform ourselves on it yeah and the the hollow earth is just another one that it was so weird to wrap our heads around so um the hollow earth uh is a a hypothesis that proposes that planet earth either is entirely hollow or otherwise contains a sub substantially interior space the scientific community has dismissed the notion since it uh, since the late 18th century, the concept of a hollow earth recurs many times in folklore and is the premise for subterranean fiction, a subgenre of adventure fiction. And it's in numerous faiths, mythologies. I mean, as we said, there was a lot to wrap our heads around. So, Kay, where do you want to start as far as the, the uh, research that you did? Well... I'd like to to go back to the earliest that I was able to find. And uh, the idea is, as you said, the sublands were inside the earth. It was popular in mythology and folklore and legends in ancient times. But it's also something that has carried forward till now. You can see it in in different, uh, different, what is the word? 
different ways through movies, through books, through mm. and the earliest writings about the hollow earth can be traced back to, believe it or not, Mesopotamia and the Babylonian and the Sumerian mystery religions that were developed after the flood that are found in the book of Genesis. And the mythology of it is usually based upon either the distorted facts of real historical events and they're looking at a connection to ancient Babylon and the possibility of a humorism as its origins. And it can't be just looking, looked at anymore as speculation. Now, humorism is an approach to the interpretation of mythology. And that means where there are mythological accounts that are presumed to have originated from real historical events or from people that have either passed it down who are said to have seen it. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting. So especially the ones that may have had the firsthand experiences of being a part of the hollow earth. Well, my head just exploded with just that. So it's just going to get worse and worse from there. Turn your camcorder on. This is for, we need to have it recorded. (laughs) (laughs) But it's even found in the Book of Enoch. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not canonized, as we know the Book of Enoch is. um, But the only place that it is canonized is Ethiopia. Enoch is mentioned in the Old Testament and in part one of the book of Enoch through the chapters 17 through 36 Enoch is given the rare chance to see and record the inner workings of heaven and hell he saw the earth contained both heavenly and hellish places and he stated that both can exist inside the earth depending on who occupies the region determines whether it is heaven or hell so he felt what he had written in Enoch basically said that the inner earth contained both And I know that at least most of my thinking has always been that the inner earth, if it existed, or even as a child, when you think of heaven, you think up. Right. And when you think of hell, you think of it as going down. Right. But Enoch said that it contained both. That it just depended on who occupied what region determined whether it was a good place or a bad place to be. Well, that's a kind of interesting concept because through this theory, I mean, there's multiple layers. So the the top layer that's under the earth could be considered heaven, and then the innermost core could be hell, too, if you think of it that way. That's true. And I know in the Bible that it mentions about the different uh, levels of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe there are three. But it mentions about just the top of the earth up to the atmospheres being the first heaven. Mm -hmm. So it makes me wonder if maybe that has even been misinterpreted because we're we're only human and we interpret it as humans. Right. But it makes me wonder if maybe that sub layer of earth is also included it could be either that first heaven or that combination of being both places. Right. And, I mean, there's other religions that even talk about it. I honestly did not know this at all, but apparently Buddhism and Hinduism specifically hint at uh, Agartha, which is the civilization that is in the inner earth. I, I had never once thought to research it so I, I had never heard it before and you know the Greeks and the Romans both had their their inner earth uh, places like Tartarus and Hades and those were supposed to be considered the underworlds but what if they were something more what if they were a place that we could actually get to before death because I mean there's numerous uh, religions that say that there are uh, entrance ways to the inner earth. 
That's true. That the poles are the entryways. Well, I had found that there's actually other entrances as well. Um, those are just the two biggest. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you happen to look into, I know one that uh, Justin and I had talked about, Justin Fall, about Mel's Hole as possibly being one of those entryways. That is a very good possibility because nobody knows what it is and, you know, I, this is, it's funny that you bring that up um, because a friend of mine had actually shown me it for the first time years ago. And um, at, on Google Maps now, it's just that in complete area is blacked out. There is there's no such thing as Mel's Hole on Google uh, Map or Google Earth. Um, so I would believe that because you know through the the research that I had got to. Uh, one of the the things is uh, supposedly the government actually does not allow planes to fly over either poles. They have to fly around them. And, yes. And most airlines will tell you, yes, that's that's true. You you're not allowed to fly over the poles. So what? Exa- why would you not be able to fly over the poles if there isn't something there, other than maybe the poles messing up? electrical fields that's a possibility too that was my thinking on that it could make your compass go haywire right there would be no way for them to tell really which direction that they're going and if there's enough of a magnetic field it could actually shut the aircraft down right so that i mean that that is one possibility it could be that the government is trying to stop us from discovering the inner earth. I don't know. But my first thought when I read that was, well, you know, there could be more to it than that. I mean, look at the Bermuda Trial, Bermuda Triangle, which could possibly be another entryway to the inner earth. But same thing happens to a lot of people's instruments when they fly or uh, ride boats through that area. And, you know, mm-hmm. most people will say, oh, it's been debunked. Well, no, because there's a lot of things that have happened there that eyewitness accounts can't account for. So how can you say it's debunked and there's these people with these um, numerous accounts? And, uh, and there's no way to. Right. And there's a lot of people that say that uh, in the um, Asian continent, there's supposedly a, um, oh, what do they call it? I think they call it the dragon tri- the dragon's triangle and those two are supposedly interconnected. Well, that could mean that those are actually entrances to the inner earth and mm-hmm. you can find your way out to the other side through the inner earth. So um and we have the devil's triangle. That's another one. Oh. So, uh, yeah. Which kind of makes sense. I mean, when you think of triangle, then you've got the three. Right. That actually could make up that triangle. Right. But, that, yeah, the, the triangles have always been, because they always link the fact that the compasses do go haywire. They Everything just goes crazy on the dashes, whether it's in a boat or an airplane. And very few people have ever came out of it unscathed. Right. More have disappeared than have survived. Right. Makes and you wonder what they see. <laughs> I don't want to know, but... Well, <laughs> me either. And, you know, just, I mean, and that's actually something I didn't come across in my research. That's just speculation, guys. So, I mean, if you try to research the the hollow earth theory, as far as I've seen, there's no mention of the the triangles i just as i was reading through this stuff i thought maybe that's a possibility maybe that's why these things these people are getting lost never to be seen again because maybe they're not um coming back because they go into the entrance to the hollow earth or maybe it's an interdimensional thing for the triangles i'm not sure but Mm -hmm. a portal right so it's uh that's just one of those things that we're kind of just speculating here. So, you know, don't take it as as truth. It's just speculation. We're only trying to figure out the, the best way to uh, 
give you guys the knowledge of, of the, what we found for the hollow earth. Um, so uh, we, we'll take our first break here, folks. You are listening to Paratruth Radio with uh, Justin and Kay from the Deception Detection Show. We will be right back after Eric's Random Fact of the Day. Candy corn is the most well-known, yet most disliked candy of the fall season. However, did you know that candy corn wasn't always called candy corn? According to BusinessInsider.com, candy corn was invented by George Renair, a candy maker at the Wonderful Candy Company of Philadelphia in the 1880s. Candy corn was originally called buttercream candies and chicken feed. Since back then, corn was commonly used as food for livestock. It had no association with Halloween or fall and was sold seasonally from March to November. However, after World War II, advertisers began marketing it as a special Halloween treat due to its colors and ties to the fall harvest. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. All right, folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. I'm Kay. And uh, as I said, uh, I'm kind of flying solo for the next couple weeks because Eric is gone. <laughs> because uh, he's doing his directing thing. Action! So uh, <laughs> we are uh, talking about the hollow earth theory. Uh, we just got done talking about how we are kind of just thinking about the Bermuda Triangle and the Dragon's Triangle uh, kind of being connected to the Hollow Earth Theory because there are entrances, they say, at the the poles, but they also talk about entrances in other areas of the world. Uh, one thing that uh, we wanted to touch base on a little bit, um, uh, there's a kind of a two-parter to this. There's a admiral from the U.S. Um, that... His name is Admiral Burden. He claims that he actually entered the Hollow Earth flying over the North Pole and actually went into the the Hollow Earth instead of flying completely over the North Pole. Uh, but there is also a connection to Hitler. Uh, so, Kay, why didn't you give them a little bit of information about uh, Admiral Byrd? Okay. Admiral Byrd was in the United States Navy, and he flew to the North Pole in 1926 and over the South Pole in 1929, and he referred to Antarctica as the land of everlasting mystery. I love that title. And it was in reference to the North Pole, and he wrote, I'd like to see that land beyond the North Pole. It is the center of the great unknown. Admiral Byrd had a, a diary where he wrote everything down about all of his adventures. And uh, in that diary, Byrd allegedly tells of entering the hollow interior of the earth and along with others and traveling, believe it or not, inside the earth for 17 miles 
over mountains, lakes, rivers, green vegetation, and there was even animal life. And he tells us seeing these really tremendous animals that resembled the mammoths that we see only in the books. And uh, they were of antiquity, and they were moving through the brush, and he eventually found cities that were actually thriving civilizations. And the external temperature on those cities was a constant 74 degrees, which is odd right. to me. It right. just it maintained it that. That's and that kind was of a from, controlled thing. Yeah. To me. And in a in controlled environment and seeing that it's in the earth. Mm-hmm. And when people... Um, that you talk to these spelunkers, the the ones who get into the caves and explore, they will even tell you that when you first enter the caves, that there is a cooling that you feel. And then the more that you get into going down into the earth in these caves, that the heat will increase. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, that also goes along with the hollow earth and the aluminous inside of it because it would heat things up. Right. But somehow he said they were able to maintain it at 74 degrees Fahrenheit. And um, his airplane was greeted by flying machines, and they were of a type that he had never seen or encountered before. And this was inside the earth also. Mm-hmm. They escorted him to a safe landing area um, where they were really nice and they greeted him um, and they were emissaries, he said, from a place called Argatha. And by its inhabitants, um, after he rested, he and his crew, those inhabitants took him to meet the king and the queen of Agartha. And they told him that he had been allowed to enter Agartha because of his high moral and ethical character. Now, how they would know that, I have no clue. Right. If they were inside the earth, how would they hear that? Right. But they went on to say that they worried about the safety of the planet due to the bombs and other testing above the surface by governments. And after the visit, Bird and his crew were guided back to the surface of the Earth. And Bird stated that the North and South Poles are only two of many openings into the center of the Earth. And that is fascinating. That goes along with the other portals that you and I were talking about. Right. Well, and uh, just kind of to touch, too, on... You know, they they talk about him seeing different creatures inside the earth, and one of them being the mammoth. Uh, so that kind of links a little bit to the cryptid phenomena. You know, Bigfoot, Nessie, any of the the sea creatures that we know of. Uh, maybe these things are coming from the inner earth. I had the same thought when I was researching, and I found that I instantly thought of you and Eric with cryptids because what easier place would there be to disappear to and as they say the Sasquatch they believe that that it is able to jump through portals into different dimensions and doorways Mm -hmm. so it would be very easy to be trailing one and then have it vanish just because it went through one of those portals to the inner earth right and you know it is a stretch, guys. You know, I know that, but we already can't explain these things. And, you know, there is a lot of people that say, well, a lot of the Earth hasn't been um, <clears throat> explored yet. Well, that's true. And it is a possibility that these things do live, you know, here on the surface of Earth, and they're not interdimensional be- beings. They're not from the inner Earth. But it it's one of those possibilities that we have to explore because... We can't explain it. Not at all. So, and I did you read hap, or happen to read Justin that they said that we actually know about more about the surface of the moon and Mars more than we know about the the surfaces in our own ocean or of our own planet. Absolutely, there's been more research 
going towards outer space than there has been here for medical research, exploring our own world, uh, going through different technologies that we can be developing, which I feel, you know, what the public technology has is way less advanced than what the government is allowing us to have. But that's just my own opinion. Anyways, but yeah, I mean, we have concentrated so much on what's outside of our own planet compared to what we can do here. It's ridiculous. And I want to know more about where we live. Right. I'm never going to live on another planet, but I'm going to be living here. I want to know everything I can about it. Right. <laughs> right. So um, since you had mentioned the the flying machines that Admiral Byrd saw, um, that kind of links to, and Eric actually had a theory as well, um, that uh, maybe we're seeing all these UFOs and whatever because they are actually here on Earth, and that the... The Nephilim actually survived the flood by using their technology that they had and went into the inner earth. You mean and like into the water too? Because I know the flood plays a role with the hollow earth. Oh, okay. Um, he was kind of saying, yeah, just to survive, they went into their, their whatever technology transport technology that they had at the time and survived the flood by staying on those things and then went into the inner earth and that's why we're seeing ufos now because they're actually coming out not to say that that is necessarily the the nephilim but it's a possibility it is and when you read the bible the fish and the animals of the sea were the only ones that weren't wiped out in the flood Right. So if there was a creature or a way to survive through the water, that would give one explanation. Yeah. Not that it's fact, but it does give an option. Right. So Pretty interesting. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, on top of that, as we were talking uh, during break, there is a link to Hitler and, and his UFOs as well. So why don't you touch on that? Okay. Well, Hitler, we all know that he was not a good guy. <laughs> but he wasn't, you no. don't say. That's right. <laughs> See, I just taught you something you didn't know. <laughs> but he was a proponent, believe it or not, of the hollow earth theory. He was all for that. Mm. And as the story goes, Hitler and his followers wanted to create a race of super soldiers, which we've already know that, and it was the Aryan race. Right. And that is compared to the Atlanteans. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to rule the world. They came to this conclusion through the acceptance of occult beliefs and practices uh, that included the hollow earth theory. There's a legend that says that Hitler and his chief advisors escaped the last days of the Third Reich by going through the opening at the South Pole, Antarctica, where they discovered an entrance to the Earth's interior. And according to the Hollow Earth Research Society in Ontario, Canada, they are still there. So they're saying that Hitler went in there and he's never reemerged. And after the war, the organization claims that the Allies discovered that more than 2,000 scientists from Germany and Italy had just vanished, along with almost a million people, to the land beyond the South Pole. And the story gets more and more complicated with the Nazi-designed UFOs, Nazi collaboration with the people who live in the center of the Earth, and the possible explanation for Aryan-looking UFO pilots. Well, it's now, interesting, too, because uh, as I told you before the show, I saw a, a YouTube video that was on the hollow Earth, and one thing that this gentleman had uh, brought up was apparently there's a building here in the United States where only... Um, there's a secret floor in between two floors that only a few people have a key to get into. One of those people is George Bush Sr. Oh, really? And it is supposed to be a 
room or a, a floor dedicated to um, housing or protecting the remaining Nazi regime. Whoa. And I've, I've seen a bunch of different things on this um, just because of the research that we do for the show, but uh, supposedly uh, George Bush Sr.'s father actually funded the Nazis. And that's why he has a key to this this floor. And I, I have always heard that Hitler actually did survive, that he had used a decoy to show that he had killed himself, but he actually escaped. Um, and one thing that I came across, too, which I, I'm not sure if you did or didn't, uh, Maria Ostrich. Did you come across no. that name? Uh, Maria Ostrich was actually a medium that Hitler uh, employed in, in the Third Reich, and she actually um, helped him to research a, a crash-landed UFO that landed in Germany in 1936. Uh, she had discovered that uh, something in, about the UFO that changed the faith of Germany, and it actually says also the whole world, but I don't believe that it changed the whole world's faith. Um, but they believe that a superhuman race escaped the first apocalypse by going into the hollow earth, which is where I get the idea of the Nephilim. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, she had actually helped him research all of these different things that they came across. Uh, and one of those things was a, a being that they found and supposedly through telepathy or channeling or whatever means she used to do it um, had gotten the schematics for not only UFOs and flying machines but also the engines for them as well. Wow. And you know there I mean there's been speculation throughout um, history and conspiracy theories that the Third Reich did have flying machines, UFOs. And I've heard that numerous times. I've never seen the pictures or seen any evidence to say so, but that there is that theory because the Third Reich did research into the paranormal and supernatural and extraterrestrial life. It is a possibility. Well, I have to share with you, Justin, um, I know you're aware of who Doc Marquis is, mm -hmm. and Doc has really researched all of this, and Hitler seems to be a common denominator throughout history. It's like he had his hands in everything. Mm -hmm. And I've spoken with Doc, and it's also been in some of the DVDs that he's released. He does have the schematics and the actual drawings of Hitler, uh, the flying machines. Mm -hmm. And he keeps those locked up, of course, but right. he has had those out, and very definitely Hitler was linked to the flying machines back in that era. And a lot of them that were seen during that time, that's where they were coming from. Well, it's funny you mention that because I know that Doc Marquis uh, is from the Illuminati, and... Ex-Illuminati. Well, <laughs> yeah. he came from the Illuminati, but he no longer associates with them, right? Right. Um, but uh, there was a book that I had come across that actually says something along the lines of uh, UFOs, the Illuminati, secret... Uh, I forget what it, the last part of it is, but basically the Illuminati is all, uh, has the, the UFO technology as well. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting that you had brought that up because I had actually seen that book a while ago and I'm like, God, that's kind of far-fetched. But supposedly the Nazis did too. So maybe all of these these bad guys actually have, have this technology. And supposedly we do too. The government just isn't letting us know. But... And supposedly we have treaties with different alien races and whatever. Maybe they're just all races from the inner Earth. Who knows? Um, but uh, it's it's definitely very interesting to go through these theories because it it kind of blew my mind. As I said, you know, at the very 
beginning and as I said to you before the show uh, with your guest Gary Wayne and then doing this research my head's exploded like three or four times today so um, (laughs) it's just really really eerie to see these different things and different theories Um, but uh, before we continue real fast uh, folks I think we're going to go to our next break here and we have your paranormal headlines we will be right back with Paratruth Radio and now, Paratruth Radio's Paranormal Headlines. Hey, Parafans, Justin here with your Paranormal Headlines. These headlines are from unexplainedmysteries.com. Pre-Roman era tomb unearthed in Pompeii. A remarkably well-preserved tomb has been discovered at the site of the infamous volcanic disaster. The ancient Roman city of Pompeii has proven to be something of a gold mine for archaeologists over the years thanks to the fact that both its buildings and its inhabitants were frozen in time by the devastating eruption of Mount Vesuvius in 79 AD, which covered the entire area in thick, choking ash. Beneath the dust, however, lies not only a Roman settlement, but also indications that someone else might have lived in the area beforehand, most notably the Samnites, a group of tribes who fought, who fought bitterly with the Romans in the 4th century BC. The latest discovery at the site, which was found near Pompeii's Herculaneum Gate, is a perfectly preserved Samnite tomb that contains a wide selection of vases and amphoras which are helping researchers better understand how the Samnites lived. Pompeii continues to be an inexhaustible source of scientific discoveries, says Superintendent Massimo Osana. These excavations prove that the city of Pompeii is still alive and that we must preserve it as it continues to provide us with material for research. In addition to its archaeological significance, the site of the disaster also continues to prove a popular tourist destination in Italy, second only to the Colosseum, with more than 2.7 million visitors a year. U.S. Marines start training with robotic dog. Boston Dynamics all-terrain four-legged robot has been joining U.S. Marines on their training exercises. The dog-like robot, which was originally developed alongside several other models by the Google-owned technology company Boston Dynamics, is now being tested out by Marines in Quantico, Virginia, in the hope that it can be used as a support platform for military operations. Bot is great and has exceeded the metrics that we've provided, said Captain James Pinero, head of the Marine Corps' Warfighting Lab. We see it as a great potential for the future dismounted infantry. We want to continue to experiment with quadruped technology and find ways that this can be employed to enhance the Marine Corps' warfighting capabilities. The robotic dog is particularly adept at crossing uneven terrain and could help to save lives by entering potential unsafe environments ahead of the soldiers during a military engagement. It's also possible that some of DARPA's other recent inventions, including a walking humanoid robot called Atlas, could go on to see use on the battlefield in the not-so-distant future. And this has been Justin with your Paranormal Headlines. This was a segment of Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. folks welcome back to paratruth radio my name is justin i'm Kay, and we've been talking about the hollow earth theory we just got done talking about how the third reich was kind of linked to it as well as our own government uh admiral bird saying uh supposedly he had went to the earth i say supposedly because of course i've never seen the inner earth i don't know for sure that it exists or could exist as far as i'm concerned it could be that he went through and 
interdimensional or extra-dimensional portal and went into another dimension, for all I know. But there is this theory out there that, you know, at the poles, it actually has an entrance to the inner Earth that where you see a concave, I think that's right, Earth, there's actually a convex area at the at the poles. Um, so the one final thing I wanted to link it all together uh, before we head out, Kay, is the, the biblical passages and prophecy that kind of link to the, the hollow earth theory. Okay, there's actually several of them. I wasn't able to list all of them or we would probably be here half the night. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's really interesting. Um, yeah, we get into it. Um, as I'd mentioned, uh, Enoch, which isn't a canonized uh, book in the Bible, except in Ethiopia. But then you get into, and the one that that jumped out at me at first when you brought the subject up to me was the book of Job, uh, chapter 1, verse 7. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. You can't go to and fro or walk up and down in something that's solid. Right. And that was the verse that that jumped out at me the first right away. And then we've got the prophet Amos who wrote in Amos 9-2, Though they dig into hell, thence shall mine hand take them. Though they climb up to heaven, thence will I bring them down. So it's saying that you, you know, even if he could climb to heaven, he can still bring people back down to hell. Hell is here. Hell is underneath us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got Peter. Apostle Peter wrote in Second Peter two four, God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains and darkness to be reserved unto judgment. So he's saying that the angels um, that were sent to hell, they're under our feet, which is kind of a gruesome painting. Mm -hmm. But I would much rather have them under my feet than walking with me. Yeah. (laughs) And then the one that is really, I mean, they're all good. And all of these, if you want to look them up, these are all quotes from the King James Version Bible. Um, and no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And that is uh, the part of the Bible when John sees them bring out the book and no one is uh, worthy to open that book. So there again, here we are in the last book of the Bible, and it's it's bringing up hell also. Mm-hmm. So there's several different locations in the Bible, and there's a lot more than than I've even touched on. But it seems like even in the books and movies, which we didn't touch on the movies, but even in the movies, it's the Earth is portrayed as being hollow. Right, just like uh, oh, what's it called? Journey to the center of the earth. Journey to the center of the earth. That's what I was trying to think of. The word that goes with center of the earth. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a book and a movie of of that title, and um, I know there's been several others, but uh, one thing that. Justin Fall brought up on the fourth watch when he was talking about the hollow earth is even Jesus Christ said to go into into the earth, not go to hell, into the earth mm-hmm. to to bring um, damned souls back with him if they wanted to go. That's right, and it's also brought up with uh, Lazarus and the rich man where there is that abyss in between Mm -hmm. where uh, the rich man is asking for just a drop of water upon his tongue 
and to go back and to tell his family. Mm-hmm. And there is that abyss that can't be crossed. Right. Yeah, that's part of it, too. I, I enjoyed looking at the movies. I've, I've got to tell you, it was a, a child. Uh, <laughs> I hate to admit it because I still like it. There was a movie out called The Mole People. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, and I mean, as a kid, it was pretty cool. It, was, uh, it wasn't a new movie then, but it was all in black and white. Right. And you saw these people descend down into Earth. And there was this whole civilization of people that were moles that resided there. They weren't used to the light. Mm. Um, it just kind of always fascinated me. That one in the journey to the center of the earth kind of summed it up for me as a kid as far as looking at the hollow earth right. theory, even though I didn't know that's what I was doing. Well, and, you know, most fiction... They, you know, sometimes they are basing it on facts and throwing it straight in your face, and you're led to believe that it's nothing but fiction. So, I I believe that, you know, maybe there are people out there that are trying to hint at us, hey, there are things that you don't know, maybe you should be researching them. Mm Mm-hmm. And with the hollow earth theory, I've got to throw this in. We have been hearing a lot about these deep underground military bunkers mm-hmm. and about the digging and the noises that we're hearing. Yeah. That also tends to lean towards the hollow earth theory. Are they really digging or are they just building? Right. You know? Right. So it's all around us, whether we, you know, it just we have to stop and think about it. Because there's so much that plays into it that we don't realize it until we stop and think. Yeah. It, it's... And, folks, I mean, we could sit here for three to four hours and talk about this and still have no definitive proof for you, just the research that we have done. And you're either going to believe it or you're not going to believe it. As uh, my guest a couple of weeks ago, Tom Monson, had said about Bigfoot. He can provide you evidence of Bigfoot. Either you're going to believe it or you're not. And that's all we can do for you is just provide you with as much information as we can find. And my mind still can't wrap around this. I mean, supposedly our core is actually a sun. And, you know, a lot of researchers will say, well, it kind of cannot be that way because then there would be different um, rotations for each layer, and that's the supposed theory, is there are different ways that it rotates around the poles, or around the axes, and um, they say that's impossible. We would we would shatter ourselves if there was such a thing. Mm-hmm. But, and the guy that came up with the theory was the same man who named... Halley's Comet. Oh. Which was pretty cool. Yeah. So I... God. I I can't wrap my mind around it. It's something that kind of makes sense with all the different things we've talked about. But at the same time, it's like, how is that even possible? How, how could we now have brought this to light way before now? You know, I think it goes along with the fact that in the last, I'd say, year especially, you have a lot of people jumping on the flat earth bandwagon. Oh, right. And this is the hollow earth I read is usually something that is put in to that category. Mm -hmm. But there are actually more supporting evidences of a hollow earth than there is the flat earth there's a video that's on YouTube and it was taken it's uh, not from an airplane I mean it's from a satellite but it shows an actual hole over the North Pole where the ice caps have started to melt and you can see a little evidence of where there is an empty hole there. Yeah, and I've been seeing a lot of articles on Facebook about it as well. Mm-hmm. 
So, it, it, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's a possibility. Is it high probability? Eh, maybe not. But there are, as we said, there's numerous mentions of it in several religions, several mythologies. As far as I'm concerned, mythology and fiction is based on some type of truth. So, there's always some mixed in with it. Right. That's right. So uh, maybe it, it's actually there. We just don't know it. So. Okay, we are coming close to the end, so I did want to give you a chance to tell everybody where they can find you again and, you know, all that good stuff. Okay. Well, every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'm on Spreaker. And you can listen to the show as it airs, or you can find me on Spreaker, YouTube, Google+, Facebook. Look me up on Deception Detection or Kay Carswell on Facebook. Um, that's one way. If you want to get in touch with me, you can also email me at deceptiondetectionradio at yahoo.com. I'm also on Twitter. And I love to hear from people. So take a listen, drop me a line, and uh, I'd really love to hear from you all. And I'd like to thank you, Justin, for having me on tonight. It's been a blast. Well, I... I love having you on and with eric being gone i kind of need a break from from regular guests so i I needed a special co-host and you are always welcome here as much as anybody that uh, we are friends with and uh you know thank you you guys check out deception detection radio if you have not heard it it's one of the best shows that I've heard, uh, you know, it, it falls along the lines of the the greats, uh, you know, Art Bell. Uh, next week, I'm having another great John B. Wells on from, uh, oh, what's the name? Caravan to Midnight. Yeah, Caravan to Midnight. <laughs> uh, but he started on Coast to Coast AM and eventually led to him doing stuff on his own. Uh, you know, without those people... I don't think any of us would be doing what we're doing, but uh, Kay definitely has a show to be up there with those, as well as Paratruth Radio. So uh, That's so sweet, Justin. Thank you. No problem. So, and I've got to put a word in there for you, can I? Sure. Kay, Justin's going to have John B. Wells on. Trust me, everyone. Justin and John B. Wells, that is going to be a broadcast you're not going to want to miss. Yeah, as I said to you, when I, as I listened to your interview with him, he sounds like a much older version of myself as far as mindset is concerned. <laughs> so I'm hoping we can keep it within an hour. If not, we'll, we'll go a little bit over, but, uh, and maybe, Eric can join me for that one. I'm not sure. You know, as I said at the beginning, guys, Eric is out. He's working on his movie, The Revealed, which I'm praying is out uh, by the time frame he's looking for. And I know it's going to be an excellent movie. I got to see a couple of clips from it as he was making it. So I think it's going to be an excellent short film and will lead into his his directing career. So stay tuned for that as well. So on that note, folks, that is all we got for you tonight. Uh, we are pretty much done with it. I mean, there's so much more to it, but you guys have to do some of this research yourself just to see how much there is. So uh, on that <laughs> note, uh, my name is Justin. And I'm Kay. And we will see you guys next week. Same time, same channel. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Paratruth Radio and you would like to listen to it again or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can listen to them on HD at our website, paratruthradio.com. And you can also find us at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, and YouTube. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for brand new updates of our show every day. 
Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.